0: Time now to talk with former Masters champion Mike Weir. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4. With a new line of service, visit the local Sprint store near you. Mike, good morning. Morning, DJ. DK, you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. I'm still basking in the glow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I, got, I couldn't deal with a bit of a cold. It must have been all the stress. With you, day. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm sure. <laughs> he was just running around, putting bets on every green, just driving you nuts, right. wasn't he? The
1: stress
2: of trying to right. find my ball off the tee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're, you're straight. You're accurate, for sure. It's that nice old fade, you know, kind of Fred Couples-like, this. you know where it's going.
2: Oh, sweet. Fred Couples-like. You'll take that. Keep talking, Mike.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so oh, people... People are probably curious because PK's uh, playing 18 with you was the topic leading up to it, and he had he had the nerves. Could you tell he was nervous when he walked up? Because he said he was dying.
1: Well, he he said that when he walked up onto the range. That was one of the first things out was his mouth, and he didn't look nervous to me. So, you know, that's that's what a good professional does. You know, keeps it inside, looks confident, and uh, I was watching him on the range and looked good. So I, I didn't notice anything until he said something. So I just tried to make him relaxed, and, and he hit a great tee shot right off the first hole.
2: Yeah, that that, that that triple on the first hole. After after the triple, I, I parred the second hole. I settled down a little bit, uh, hit a couple of grounders, uh, found my groove probably about the seventh hole. I think I was uh, – I parred seven and eight. I bogeyed nine. And then in uh, the next nine, I think I had six pars and three bogues. So – I, I kind of got it together a little bit. But I think a lot of that was because, not so much me, it was because of you, because after a while, you start, walk. you know, you're playing with guys, and then it became, oh, I'm playing with... Mike Weir, not Mike Weir the champion of the Masters and the you know multi-winner on the PGA Tour and all that. So I think it was you who settled me down rather than myself because you were so easy to get along with and you play and have played and probably you couldn't even count them in countless pro ams and with amateurs all mm. through your life. What, what what is the response because really man, I was I was in awe of watching you play golf.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, when I played the Pro-Ams and I, I remember, you know, kind of even my first few times on the PGA Tour, how nervous I was if I got paired with uh, Fred Couples or, uh, um, you know, Greg Norman or something, how nervous I was. and Or, you know, me and myself growing up a hockey fan when I first got to play with Wayne Gretzky, how nervous I was, even though, you know, he's a hockey player, not a golfer, and he said he was nervous playing with me. So I get it that, they, you know, that amateurs, they, they get nervous, and so... My thing is just to try to – I always try to make them feel comfortable and calm down and know that, you know, just try to make it just a casual round with with, with buddies. And, you know, we played with uh, Doc Petron, who's who I play a lot of golf with and who you know, PK. And, yeah. You know, he's, he's easy to play with. So I think – and my buddy Mike. So, you know, we just had a good group. And that's what I try to do in the pro-ams is just try to make people have a good time and feel comfortable and not take it so serious. Sometimes you get in these – in the pro-ams and the guys are are so jacked up they want to win the pro-am and they want to you know and, and I get that but uh, I think more importantly is have a good time and you know the good scores will happen if you have a good time.
0: So when you're playing golf now Mike and you know you're you're out there with somebody and so you're chatting them up a little bit but are you working on stuff still oh, yeah, or absolutely. do you just what are you doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know right now this is there's not much for me to play in tournament wise. I, I may get in a, in one or two in these um, fall events. <clears throat> um, but I'm, I'm still not sure because my status is just a past champion status, so it's it's kind of a lower status, so I'm not sure if I'll get in some. So I probably um, I am playing the Australian Open before the President's Cup in, in early December. so outside of that, that's the only one I know I'm playing in the rest of this year. So I've got a couple months here to kind of work on some things that I feel like, you know, there were some good things that happened this year, but you know, my short game really let me down a lot this year. So, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to spend more time on my short game, wedge game. You know, I'd, I'd struggled a while ball striking wise for a couple of years, and my driver wasn't I wasn't driving the ball very good. And you know, I've seemed to have gotten over the hump with that. And now it's, you know, so I day playing with PK the other day, I'm trying to get my wedges dialed in a little bit better, trying to pay attention to my my putting a little bit more and. Certain little technique things I'm doing there with my coaches. So, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly working even when I'm out there playing a casual round. Um, but I still want to shoot a good score. So I'm not, I'm not overly technical. But I, I, uh, you know, there's some things I'm definitely paying attention to when I'm just playing a casual round.
2: Yeah, I was really fascinated uh, by your short game because your stuff off the tee. You know, no matter how hard I try or I can get lessons from whomever. Uh, I'm not going to be able to hit the ball 300-plus yards. It's just not happening. That's not my game. But, you know, if I'm from within 100 yards, it's really not about strength. Uh, at that point, it's about precision and technique and, and how you play. So I was really zeroing in on what you were doing there. I was watching your shot pre-shot routine, and I was trying to study you to see what you can do. And then you were talking about it, uh, talking about it a little bit as far as the ball flight and what you were looking to try to do, and you're trying to hit it lower. So I went out to Forestdale yesterday to do a little practice, and I was trying to think of what you were talking about when we were talking about afterward. On your getting the flight a little lower on your chip shots, and I promptly just screamed it about thirty yards over
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay that 's probably that's not going to happen
2: <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah that's go ahead oh, sorry i'm tra- 'm I'm, I'm oh, wondering you, I, you know what what would be your advice to folks? Like myself and others who are in that position to to try to get better in that short game area, because it's not about overpowering the ball at that point.
1: No, and that yeah, that was you know, my point. You're, you're exactly right. I think most amateurs, you know, they you know um, get out there and hit balls, and let's say they get to the, the range 15 minutes before their two time, like most people do after work, and they want to get out on the course and they go right to the range. Um, I always try to tell people like you're gonna get, get the most gains out of your game is spending a little time around the green, you know, hitting some different chip shots, maybe hitting a bunker shot or two, and spending some time on putting because you know, my brother's a perfect example. He hits the ball pretty good and, you know, around the greens he wastes you know, he might duff a chip and chunk one and scull one over and I always tell him I'm like, bro, if you can just sharpen that up, you're gonna save ten shots around. It's not about so much spending time on the range, it's It's just having a, it's almost like having a go-to shot, just finding your own standard shot, whether that's, you know, putting the ball back in your stance a little bit so you know you're going to get clean contact every time. So you just have a go-to shot. If you have a tough lie, you can just put it back in your stance and make clean contact. So I think that's where most amateurs maybe go wrong a little bit is is spend a little more time around the short game. That's where you're going to really, like you said, TK, you know, trying to hit a 300-yard drive you're not going to get much return on your investment by spending all that time what are you going to gain out of that you might maybe be able to reach a par four that you didn't reach before in two and but if you you know you might save a shot around where if you sharpen up your short game you can save four five six seven shots if you're sharp with that stuff and like you said it doesn't require power it just requires a little bit of practice and and technique and um yeah you you can save a lot of shots that way so you
0: mentioned earlier about relaxing and getting out there and enjoying around, and then the good scores come. Is that good advice for amateurs? Is that good advice for pro like yourself? Or is that good advice for everybody who's picking up a club?
1: I think everybody. I think we – I mean, I know for myself, I, I get caught in that and taking it too serious and trying to be too perfect and trying to make sure everything is buttoned down, that you have all aspects of your game perfect. And so you uh, – you know, you spend so much time and trying to make it so perfect and you forget about the fun of it and and the creativity of it. And I know for myself when I get in that mode, if I could just take a deep breath and relax and just go, okay, I, I just want to see the picture of my ball flight here. If it's a right-to-left shot, I really want to see that, create that picture in my head. Then, then the game starts being fun when you pull a shot off um, instead of being so focused on, you know, your left elbow or, you know, trying to swing it whatever way you're, your coach tells you to do you kind of get wrapped up and then if it doesn't happen the frustration begins and then you're not having much fun so i've always found that you know I, the pros that i've talked to too and we talk about this kind of stuff is that the more relaxed you are you're always you know you're you're out there trying to shoot a good score so you don't have to try extra hard we're all out there trying to do our best so the more fun you can have i think uh the better better scores are going to happen pro or ender Okay, so what
2: you're telling me, Mike, is relax. Don't be uptight and worry about every shot. And then if you hit a bad shot, don't worry about it for the next 17 shots. That sounds great, but I don't know that I can do it.
1: (laughs) It's hard to do. It's hard to do. And I, you know, I'm I'm guilty of not being very good at it. Sometimes, you know, I especially early in my career, I was so fiery, and um, you know, it's a double-edged sword. I think, you know, you having some of that um, you know that fire is really good and motivates you but uh, if you let it linger and carry on to the next hole and next hole and then all of a sudden you have tension in your grip there's a big there's a, there's a little key for all the listeners is that Nicholas always talked about soft forearms you know you can have a firm grip but if your forearms are really tight you know the, the club just doesn't swing very well so my point is like when you're, when you're tight and you're mad at the last shot and you're carrying it it's so easy you start gripping it tighter and then there's tension in your forearms tension in your shoulders your your swing starts getting a little shorter because you're all your muscles are all tight so all those things start to happen if uh, you're a little bit
2: off, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, much. That,
0: that explains <laughs> the you six
1: kept your composure hole. Composure, pretty good, PK. PK. you kept your composure. you good.
2: Inside, I was dying. You know, I, I I knew for a week or so that I was going to be playing with you. So I pretty much told everybody that I knew that I was going to be playing with a Masters champion, and it clearly and it was. And I told you, and I, and it was an honor to play with you. I didn't. I wasn't joking. It was really something special for me, and the response i got well the, the folks around here who follow golf you know oh yeah that's cool they don't they don't need uh, any introduction into who mike weir is and even the 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 moderate golfer understands oh yeah he 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 won the masters but, but the casual golfer several people said to me oh yeah yeah the smaller guy the canadian guy and I, and i talked to you about this the other day you basically are carrying the mantle for the whole country of Canada, when it comes to golf, and you, you provided a little insight of what it's like when you're in Canada, I was wondering if you can repeat that to how much of I don't know if the burden is the right word, but just maybe responsibility as far as the country and Mike Weir.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think yeah, most guys on the on the PGA tour, they do have They have their home, their hometown, and when they when they play, host close to their home city. <coughs> They get big fan support. But, yeah, I think um, when I was younger and a young pro, it was a bit of a burden. I I, I felt the weight of it, um, and I probably paid a little bit too much attention to that. And when I wasn't doing well, and, you know, the, obviously you guys know the old story. You know, when you're doing great, you know, everybody's for you. And when you're not, you know, it seems to pile on sometimes. And when you're under the microscope, and maybe when I was playing well, I was kind of like, the only guy out there from Canada. Now there's quite a few more, but I felt that. And um, I felt a lot of support, too, but I did feel the burden of it. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've grown to accept it and, and uh, embrace it more. And uh, I try to mentor some of the younger guys a little bit. And, and uh, I've, come to, I've come to learn, it, learn and accept that. That's, that's part of the responsibility when you, when you happen to uh, win a big tournament like that. And... So it's 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 a little bit different when I go home to Canada. It's a little bit busier, I guess, when I just go out and about. That's when I'm home in Utah. It's not quite so much. You know, the golf fan might say hello when I'm out at a grocery store or something, but um, it's a little bit different when I go home to Canada. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Mike, what is your uh, plan going forward now? The senior tour uh, looming out there next spring? Is that something you want to do a yeah. little bit of, a lot of?
1: Uh, I think a lot. You know, I'm, I'm really motivated. I'm excited about my game. I'm, I'm still uh, motivated to get up every morning and work hard at it. So I love to compete. And, I'm, you know, the great thing about professional golf is we have this almost secondary chapter that you can uh, you can have a great career on. You know, Bernard Langer's proven that, you know, he's won whatever 40 times in this 10 or 12 years that he's been on the Champions Tour so you he can he can make quite a nice career from 50 on so um, for those who want to stay competitive like myself and I've talked to Ernie Ellis he turns 50 next year he's going to play a lot I think Jim Furyk will when he turns next year um, so there's a nice crop of guys going in next year and um yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about playing out there. So I'm, I'm planning on playing a lot. I turn 50 in May, and there's still quite a bit of the season left when I turn 50. So I'll, I'll still get in probably 15, 16 events next year out there.
2: Well, we got to get DJ out there, Mike, so we can really have some fun.
1: Well, let's get him, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm eliminating the tightness
0: time. from my forearms. That's... I'm, okay, I'm eliminating yeah. the tightness from start. my forearms. That's the first thing. While you That's were, uh, while you two were golfing uh, at, at Hidden Valley, I was across the valley at a public course committing several crimes against the sport of golf. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I told PK about the round, and he was trying to be polite, but he was trying not to burst out laughing. I was so atrocious <laughs> the first four holes. And the only reason it got better the last five, and I was able to play bogey golf, which for me is everything, is yep. because I quit caring about the score. It was such a disaster, the first four holes. So, there you go. All right, we'll keep you updated. Just to, just to show you. I don't want to commit <laughs> any crimes against golf in front of you, Mike. That's really the, the bottom
1: line. Well, well, we'll go to the range first. We'll spend a little time, yeah. and then uh, we'll get, I'll get you dialed in. <laughs> yeah, he'll
2: help you, man. He gave me a little tip, and I was making fun of my. Uh, pitching yesterday but my drives i went with jake scott my drives were way better yeah because he gave you a tip yeah absolutely man he he can help your game and i want to be there to witness it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i bet you do (laughs) he wants to help you want to witness that's the difference between the two of you all right mike we appreciate a few minutes thanks for joining us
1: no problem guys